0: So I I think that it's just such a powerful way to talk about what we're going to look at this morning when it comes to the question, is it well with my soul? And that is this topic of trust. And as we've just seen through this conversation um, about, you know, sex trafficking and human slavery, that trust is broken all over the world because of the selfishness of men. And that trickles down, of course, to our lives where we break trust with one another as well. We fail each other. And the Bible doesn't ever teach us to put our trust in people. I don't know if you knew that or not. It doesn't teach us to put our trust in people. The Bible says to love people and to put your hope in God. Why is that? Well, because people will fail you. I will fail you. You'll fail me. We'll fail each other. Now, that doesn't mean we don't build trusting relationships. Yes, of course we do but our trust is in the lord amen he's the only one who's trustworthy in john 2 jesus was doing some miracles in the people's lives in jerusalem uh, right around passover and many people it says began to trust in him but jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people he had made them right no one needed to tell to tell him about human nature for he knew what was in each person's heart You know, Jesus didn't even place his trust in people. He knew that we would fall and that we would fail. And so if we can't really fully trust people, then who can we trust? And I want to give you the answer to that this morning. That our soul, our soul is designed to trust God. It is built to trust God. In fact, I would say to you this morning that we can only rest when we fully trust. Would you say that with me? We can only rest... When we fully trust jesus said in john 14 Don't let your hearts be troubled Trust in god and trust also in me So to answer the question this morning, is it well with my soul? I would say to you that my soul is only as well uh, As how I place my trust in the lord If you want to measure the wellness of my soul I would say that it's directly related to how well I place my trust in the lord and so while we're working at building trust in our marriage or building trust in our, with our friendships or with our family or, or with our church, while we're working on those trusting relationships, really what needs to happen is we need to trust God enough to put our trust in people because when they fail us, guess what? He'll be there, firm and steady and strong. He will not fail us. You know it's true. Every person that I know struggles with some level of trust with the relationship, Or you know daddy issues or mommy issues Husband issues wife issues children issues parent issues. We all have these areas of our life That either have been broken By failure or will be broken by failure if it hasn't happened to you yet Just wait it will okay it will all this broken trust Leads to a struggle that I want to talk about this morning and that is the struggle of trusting god the struggle of trusting god Because We struggle with whether or how to put our trust in God and the reason is because trust is like a muscle And when that muscle is injured through human relationships when it's torn when it's damaged It's hard to trust again. It doesn't matter if it's people or God It's about the the muscle of trust You know like when you're out in the garden and you're gardening and you put something out or you your back You know is hurting and and it's the gardening's fault, right? You did it in the garden But now you find you can't pick up the baby You can't pick up the baby whether it's your child or your grandchild. You can't pick up the baby. Well, is it the baby's fault? That you can't pick it up. Of course not. It's the fact that you probably overdid it in the garden, right? Or something just went wrong in the garden And the same is true with god. It's not god's fault That we have been injured It's not In fact, god says come to me and sit in the hot tub of my love and let me soothe you back to wellness again. Let me be that sense of confidence and hope that you need in your life. I didn't, I'm not the one who hurt you. So, so don't withhold yourself from me. I love you. I want to help you. Jesus told us to trust in God because Jesus knows, because Jesus designed us, He knows that our soul needs to trust God. That's number one in your notes today. Very simply... My soul needs can you say needs needs not just wants, not just sort of should have no my soul desperately needs to trust God My soul was designed to trust God and it's only well with my soul When I have put my trust in God, we were created we were designed To live in trusting relationship with God in the very beginning at the very first pages of the Bible this is our design. Let me take you there. Genesis 3, 8 and 9. This is a picture of what it was like for us. And then sin entered our condition, right? When the cool evening breezes were blowing. Now picture this. The cool evening breezes in the garden. And man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. And it's as if that, that this is the familiar. This is the normal. That the cool wind blows in the garden and God walks around. And, and what is he doing in the garden? God, God is looking for the man and the woman. And so the familiar and so the norm would be that they had this relationship with God, this trust with God. But they hid from the Lord God among the trees. And then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Where are you? I'm used to meeting with you. I'm used to being with you. We have this trusting relationship. Where have you gone? And this is the question God calls out When man goes missing in the garden, you see when up until sin came between them and man and God, man had met God in the garden. But now sin comes up and their sin, in their case, disobedience to God, their betrayal of one another, the deceit of Satan in their life had broken trust and they were no longer confident to be in the presence of God. Now, I want to point out, God hadn't caused any of this. God hadn't caused any of this. He was walking in the garden, calling out, where are you? It was their sin, not His. And yet, and yet, they hid from God. So we see that sin, and, and not only sins we commit, but I believe the sin, that, and the shame of sin that's, that's done against us, also puts us in this place where we want to hide. We don't have confidence to be with God. There's shame. We want to withdraw. And so God is calling out to you today. Where are you? Where are you? I miss you. I want to walk in the garden, in the cool breezes. I want to restore your soul. You know, oftentimes, and this happens every week, sometimes every day of the week, I meet with people. And oftentimes I meet with people who have been hurt. By somebody they trusted or by a situation that they trusted in their life and they have suffered loss And sometimes it can be just the world and the curse of this world that we live in that has brought loss to their life And in almost every case they have withdrawn to some degree from jesus And really their big problem is not so much that they suffered loss But the big problem is that they've withdrawn from jesus And so oftentimes the process we engage together is simply bringing them back to that place where they realize that Jesus wants to be with them. Jesus wants to help them. Jesus wants to meet them there. But they've withdrawn from God, and that just doesn't make any sense. Why withdraw from the one who knows you and the one who made you and the one who loves you and the one who wants to restore your soul? Why withdraw from Him? And yet we do this. Somehow we blame God for the hurt that others have caused in our life, or even that we've caused ourselves, or the hurt that just comes from living on this cursed planet, right? We do, and so we withdraw from the one whom we must trust and run to when we've been hurt. That's the condition. That's the picture that I run into day after day, week after week. So let's ask the question this morning: Why should I trust God? And you might have a, a lot of a lot of answers for that question, but. But here's the simple answer. Why must I trust God? Because he loves me. He loves me. He loves you. That's why you must trust God. And really let me say to you this morning that he's the only one who truly loves you without any ulterior motives. As humans, we always have a motive for our love. We want to be loved in return or there's something, you know, like we're impossible to love that purely. It's impossible for us. God is the only one who can do that purely. And he's already proven his love for us, right? By giving his life for us. So he's proven his love for us, that he loves us. Jesus told us, you're going to have trouble in this world. But take hearts, I've overcome the world. Now listen, if Jesus has said to us, trust me, you're never going to have any pain in this world. Now, that would be untrustworthy because that would be lying. That would be deceiving us as our Savior. But no, that's not what he said. He said, you're going to have trouble, but trust me, I've overcome. And when you come to me, by the way, I've got mercy for you. And I have grace for you, and I have strength for you, and I have restoration for your soul. That's what I have for you. He says, it's going to be painful. It's going to be painful, but that doesn't mean I don't love you. I love you. So whatever it is you're going through today, here's what I want you to know, that your Savior loves you. And I know that sounds strange, being as we're all in church, but I'm telling you, this is what I see over and over. This is the condition of us, even as Christians, that we often doubt the goodness of God and His love for us when we're going through a hard time. And that would be probably 60 or 70% of us this morning. So I want to just encourage you with that, that He loves you. And just because the world... Is bad sometimes doesn't mean that changes his love for you You know when I was a kid I remember one day playing out in the fields on benson road where isom is now i've told you this And I was the youngest of six kids um, Some people say I was the baby of the family don't believe a word of it I had the hardest life ever <laughs> of all the kids And I was about six years old and I stepped on a ground hive out in the field And I was immediately covered with bees and stung all over my body and I got swarmed and the thing that was most traumatic for me, in fact, I, I can't, I was thinking this morning, I can't really remember the stinging so much. Here's what I remember. I remember my oldest brother, Jed, who was out in the field with me, pulled off his thong. I, I mean, pulled off his sandal. Uh, we called them thongs back then. That's a whole different thing now, right? <laughs> pulled off his flip-flop <laughs> off of his foot and starts whacking me with it. And he's trying to kill the bees. But I'm like, why is my brother whacking me with his flip-flop? And it was traumatic for me, you know? And so they get me home and they get me into a soda bath because that's what you did back then. You didn't go to emergency. You went to the bathtub and you got a soda bath, right? Now, I guess I could have blamed my dad for letting me go out and enjoy the fields, playing out in the fields with my brothers and sisters, not enough supervision. I guess I could have blamed him or I could have said to God, God, you could have kept this from happening to me. But the fact is that god has created this world and the curse of sin has invaded this world And this is what we're left in and so sometimes we get stung Sometimes we get stung and god allows it to happen Because we live in this world he doesn't restrict us But here's what god wants god wants us to turn to him When we've been stung God wants us if you will I know this is cheesy but he wants us to let him put us in that soda bath and soothe us when we've been stung. That's what God wants us to do. That's that's what he wants our soul to do. So the bees, they may be people in our lives. It may be your own spouse. It could be your parents. It could be your children. It could be your friends. It might be your health. Usually the bees are people closest to us because otherwise we don't care, right? So it's the closest ones that sting us the hardest and sometimes life stings and like with adam and eve there's trouble in the garden and god allows it even though he loves us and god is entirely trustworthy in his allowing of the stinging and he wants us to run to him when we're in pain he wants us to trust him he wants us to let him soothe our broken and hurting soul in fact, I would say to you today that often that's the only place we can find rest for our soul. Everyone feels alone sometimes. I don't know about you, but I'm surrounded by dozens of people in the week and hundreds of people on the weekend. Last night I was at a wedding, Stephen and Delsey's wedding, like 400 people. And sometimes you still feel alone, even in the midst of a crowd. Why is that? It's because it's only when I'm fully known That I will cease feeling alone And so sometimes we can be in a crowd of people we can have activity in our life, but we don't feel fully known And so like I said last week, it's only in the presence In the comfort in the trusting of our heavenly father that we can be fully known in our trouble And how many of you know that it's in trouble that we become vulnerable to be known And God wants to know us in our trouble. It's the best opportunity he has to know us at the deepest levels of our soul. So we feel alone in our trouble, and God wants us to turn to him. And even Jesus experienced, like, the most severe kind of trouble that you can imagine when he was in the garden. And he chose to trust his Father's love. And it's important that we know that this morning because Jesus went through more trauma and pain than any of us will ever experience in our lifetime. And it happened to him over three days. And yet, Jesus chose to trust his Father. And he showed us that, number two, God is entirely trustworthy. Would you say entirely with me? Entirely. Say it like you mean it. Entirely. God is entirely trustworthy. Now, again, sometimes we don't believe that. And that's why we're having this conversation this morning. And Jesus showed us. Jesus set the path for us to understand that even in the worst possible of pain and trauma, that his father is entirely trustworthy. Jesus trusted his father entirely, even though his trouble, his trauma, his pain was severe. And his father had even allowed him and even led him into this trouble. And yet he still trusted His dad. He still trusted his dad. Even though he's in the worst pain ever, ever. Not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. Worst pain ever known to mankind. Nobody will ever come close to this pain. It says in Mark 14. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And Jesus said... Sit here while I go pray. And he took Peter and James and John with him and he became deeply troubled and distressed. And he told them, my soul is crushed with grief. To the point of death. I just want to say to to you this morning, if you ever feel crushed with grief, it's okay. It's okay. It's not unfaithful. It's not unchristian. It's very Christ-like to have times of grief where your soul is crushed. And he said, stay here and keep watch with me. And he went on a little farther and fell to the ground. And he prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Now, again, remember, this would be the hour of his death where he would take on the sins of the world so that we could experience Salvation and eternal life. And if it were possible that this awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba. Father. Now, for those of you that have never heard this term, Abba, is very intimate. It's, it's like, it's like you calling up on your daddy's lap and saying, daddy. Daddy. That's what this moment was like for Jesus. He, he, he bared his soul to his daddy, his Abba. And he said, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. But first I just want to say that we often live in the either or, where either release us from this, this problem or you know, let us go through this problem. And Jesus is saying, well, either or would be great, but if it's your will, I'll remain in this problem. And I know that you will see me through. You see, God doesn't abandon us in our problems. And that's what we think sometimes. But He doesn't. We are not alone. You are not alone. And so God meets you like He met Jesus. Jesus is the only one that had to suffer that abandonment. And He he did that for us, that we would not have to suffer that. And, And I want to say to you today that everybody has a cup that brings you to the place of crushing sometimes many times throughout this life And the point is this do I trust god in the crushing of my soul? That's the point of this conversation. Where do I go when I am crushed? Do I ultimately turn to him and let him meet me? Yes with struggle like jesus. Yes with questions like jesus. Yes with father if it's possible remove this suffering. Yes All those We can turn to god. We can cry out to god. We can say daddy Please take this cup from me and jesus in this intense moment of suffering Turns to his abba And says daddy help me And So I want to say to you today first, what is your cup right now what at, at this moment? Right now, what's your cup? What is bringing a crushing? It may be small, it may be medium, it may be large, crushing to your soul. What is bringing a crushing to your soul? And where are you turning in this crushing? What is this crushing for you? Have you been through betrayal? Have you been wounded? Have you been through divorce? Have you suffered loss? Are you separated from your spouse? Do you have health issues? Chronic pain? Challenging child? What is it? What do you have in your life? What is your crushing cup? James Bryan Smith writes that our cup is anything we struggle with, accepting as our lot in life. And our cup is usually the thing that makes it difficult to believe God is good. For me, I've had cups of crushing in my life. I've told you these before. I had a time where I had a back injury, so I had to miss some opportunities in athletics. Was crushing at the time I look back now and I see God's mercy and I see what he had for me I've had crushings in relationships I've had crushing in our marriage for a time Praise the Lord. It's good. Now. I have I've had a lot of crushings in life I've Had loss in my life You know, david had those crushings. He was betrayed by the man that he longed to serve. Imagine that hunted down to be killed by the man that he longed to serve King Saul and david chose to remain loyal to him and to not lift his hand against his king And david in the midst of that running and hiding says in psalm 28 the lord is my strength and shield I trust him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving It's interesting that david was probably in the place called En Gedi at that time we talk about in Getty refuge this morning. David was hiding out in En Gedi while Saul was hunting him down. What David's telling us is in the midst of being hunted down like an animal, I find that God is entirely trustworthy. And so like David, Jesus trusted his Abba even though. Would you say even though with me today? Even though. Those words have become life to me. The even those of life. When you cry out to God and he doesn't deliver you the way you think he should or or you would like, that's where you insert the even though. God, even though it hasn't turned out the way I wanted, I will trust you. I will trust you. Because God is trustworthy. Jesus showed us that our relationship to the Father is a trusting response to known love. Known love. Love that's been proven to you. God has proven. He doesn't have to prove himself anymore. He's proven himself to us. By giving us Jesus to forgive our sin. To overcome death in our life. We never have to die in our life. We will just move from death to life. Take a step. One small step. And he provided a place in eternity for us. Instead of hell. We will get heaven. He has proven himself and his love for us when Jesus gave his life on the cross for us. So Jesus lived what Job said in Job 13, even though he slay me, I will hope in him. Would you read that with me today? Would you sort of make it a confession with me today, even though this might be hard for you? And if you can't actually believe it when you say it, make it your faith confession what I mean by that is, this is how I want to believe, okay? Let's say it together. Even though He slay me, I will hope in Him. That is the goal for every one of us. And we feel like we've been slayed many times, just through emotional slaying or through physical pain slaying or through slaying of loss. We feel slayed a lot. And so we can truly pray even though You slay me, Lord, in my heart or In my mind or in my body Yet I will praise you yet. I will place my trust in you So rather than withdraw from god we we let him be our defense like david We let him be our light in the dark place psalm 27 David said the lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the lord is the defense of my life whom shall I dread? You have dread in your life. You have fear in your life. You have anxiety in your life Trust the lord Trust God. Place your trust in him. Jesus proved that God is our true father. If you, like me, had a father that was less than perfect, you know, my kids have a father that's less than perfect. Uh, Their father's less than perfect. None of us fathers are perfect. Only one, and that is our Abba. He's perfect without sin. So not only will not God sin against you, God cannot sin against you. And so while he can allow things into your life that are painful, God is committed to using those things in our life to bring us to a deeper place of trust and dependence on him and to grow our character. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And so, and so, we must trust in his love, knowing that even though we experience pain in our soul, like Jesus, the resurrection is coming. How many of you know Friday's here? But Sunday's coming, right? It's the truth. David said in Psalm 56, When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? You know, Gethsemane. Where Jesus chose to place his trust in God. Do you know what this word means? Gethsemane. The olive press. The place of pressing. The place where you are pressed so hard that the oils run out of you. Jesus was pressed like an olive in Gethsemane. He was pressed in his spirit. He was pressed in his soul. Beyond what any of us can even imagine. The weight of the sins of the world would be put upon him. Can you imagine? No, you can't. Your own sin is heavy. The sin of people against you in your life is heavy. Imagine the sin of all the world being placed upon you. And the pressing and the crushing. Dr. Luke tells us Jesus was under such pressure, such agony of spirit, Luke says, that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. And we don't know if that was actual drops of blood caused by this pressure in his soul or, or just great, great sweating of the pressure. But in his emotional pain, what Jesus did was he pressed into God's presence. And that's what helped his death, his pain, become redemptive for us. He pressed into God's presence. And so like Jesus, number three in your notes today, like Jesus, I must press into his presence when I am under pressure. I must press into his presence when I am under pressure. David said it simply like this in Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. My soul needs to press into his presence. Your soul needs to press into his presence when you're feeling the pressure. To focus on the Father like Jesus did. Not just on the cup. Now I'm not saying live in denial of the cup. No, I'm saying while you're drinking the cup of bitterness in your life. While you're in the midst of the struggle... And the pain and the heartache, you focus on the Father and the goodness of Him. We press into His presence. How do you do that? Well, you press in through prayer. You talk it out with God. Prayer is still the the most old-fashioned but the most effective way to press through the pressure. Jesus said, pray like this in Matthew 6. Our father who is in heaven, in other words, he's near us, he's with us, he's around us. Heaven for the Jews was around them. It was not some far place away. It was simply another dimension that we lived among the angels and the demons and the presence of God. It wasn't far, far away. It was right here. Our father is around us, is what the Jews believed. Hallowed be your name. He is holy. He is pure. He can't be involved in sinning against you. You can trust his nature. He has your best interest in mind. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that God is powerful, powerful over the pressure. And He can bring heaven into your situation and your condition. You can trust that. Give us this day our daily bread, that God provides, that He cares. He will give you just what you need for this day. It's the story of manna. If, if you, if you keep trying to save it up, it'll spoil. But if you trust God for your daily bread, he will give it to you. You will have enough for this day. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors that God forgives and and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And we can trust that his cleansing puts us in position to walk in the garden with our Abba, to be in his presence. And don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That God is the God who rescues and protects. And he will have the last word. It may seem rough now, but God will have the last word. If you can just hang on, if you can just hold out. God will have the last word. And he will redeem what the enemy intended for evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That we trust in the end that God will be glorified because we belong to him and we place our life in his hands. That is what we believe. So pressing into God means choosing to focus on the goodness of God. Means not focusing on the bitterness of the cup. That there will always be a cup, but his blessing beats bitterness every time. God trumps it all couple of weeks ago faith schmidt who many of you know she's our our girl she was our intern uh, She's our worship leader up in kendall and she's a, a senior at lc and so she's involved in peter pan I think it's this fall So she emailed the staff and she said hey, I need some ideas of happy thoughts Can you just give me some happy thoughts? What do you focus on when life is feeling bad? And I thought That is such a great idea You know call it a praise journal, but call it your happy thoughts start keeping a progressive list of the good things that god has allowed in your life what what are his blessings and just keep that list going you know keep it on your phone or keep it in front of you in your car just keep a a progressive list and let it grow and grow and grow and grow until it's so overwhelming that his blessing trumps the bitterness of your life i think we all have those blessings i just think we forget about them and we focus on the cup and so i think that it's a great idea to keep these happy thoughts in our mind, right? Focus on the good things that God is doing. And by the way, start with salvation. Start with salvation. Psalm 37, 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Trusting in the Lord results in doing good things for others. You don't just focus on yourself, but you start to give yourself away. Psalm 13, 5 and 6, I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you've rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. Trusting in the Lord results in worship. And then Isaiah 30, 15. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Let's just respond to God's word. Becky's going to come and she's going to sing A song, And while she does that this morning, what I want us to do is just focus on the truth of the words of this song. But I want to pray and just set our hearts ready for this this morning. Father, this morning, we're at so many different places when it comes to trust. But the answer is the same for all of us. To simply not focus on the bitter cup, but to be still in your presence and to focus on who you are and your love for us and to be able to say yes there is pain but I choose to press in that there's a strength that simply comes from being still and being convinced that you are enough for us so Lord in our moment of struggle today we say God meet us here and remind us that we can trust you by being still by knowing that you are God